believe that fucking happened. Me neither. Alright, well, take two. Welcome to the Broken Point of View podcast. It's me, Joe, and Brian. Saul's not here. Wait, I am did doing you just this refer holy... to yourself, me, Joe, and Brian? Did you refer to yourself in third person? I think I just did, yeah. <laughs> I like this take. <laughs> so we are redoing this whole intro in first half hour of the podcast because my cat decided he wanted to walk on my laptop and somehow deleted the entire recording. With the power of one paw, he deleted 30 minutes worth of work. So, Loki's in timeout. He lived up to his name. Uh, we are here, and we are going to be talking about Superman. My Adventures with Superman. I keep fucking the name up. Dude, I don't know why you keep doing that. He wants to say my, Superman My Adventures With, and I, I don't know why. Do you have dyslexia? It's okay. We could talk about it. It's a possibility. You know, I hear a lot of adults have it. So, it's pretty common. But yeah, so we were going to talk about that, which we were almost done talking about. <laughs> we're going to get into uh, It Lives Inside and finish off with sex education. Yes, and uh, just to recap, y'all, what we've been up to the last two weeks, as super quick as we can. No, I'm just kidding. We can't speed it up, because now we got to make up 30 minutes, and I don't want to shut that out down to anything. Really, so Joe, I just want to let you know. Since our last time of recording the podcast, uh, we, we literally went to go see Ghost together, right? Mm-hmm. After we recorded... Uh, the last episode, which was pretty fun, um, seeing ghosts without my cell phone, I had such major FOMO of having my phone because I'm always taking photos, I'm always taking video, and I only do one minute of whatever song I'm, I'm listening to, right? Yeah. Just so I can say I have something. Because as you get older, did you know you start to forget things? I forgot all about that. I know. It's case in point. And remember that one time? You remembered a show that I went to, and I forgot the show that I went to. But I went back to, to the tape, and it was there. Yeah, I mean, I've done this a couple times with you now. I'm, it's funny. My, normally, my memory is horrible, but it's been getting a lot better as of late. Which is really weird, because I'm like, my memory is getting worse as it goes on. So I think the roles are reversing, bro. I'm kind of scared. Loki. Oh, don't say the name. <laughs> I know. Now we're going to do it. All right, we take a drink. Clink. To the last 30 minutes of our lives that we lost. Thanks to Loki. Alright, so, Ghost Show, it was awesome. It got, the reason why they didn't let us use our phones was because it's supposed to record. Yeah, they were recording for a live concert TV, it looks like. I mean, it was such a big deal that they were playing at the Kia Forum that Wes went with us and my two friends came up from San Diego. Yeah, it also explains why they played there two days in a row. Well, remember, when we were trying to buy tickets for the show, they only were going to do one night at the Kia Forum, and it sold out with a lot of demand. So then when they announced that same day when I was trying to buy the tickets, like, oh, a second night was added, I was like, dope, I'm going to get the tickets, I got us G. we were on the floor, we were walking around, bro, like, it was amazing. When... Papa went from the front of the stage to the back of the to the back we of the, the main stage. stage to a secondary small stage that's in the middle of the general audience. We were able to walk from point A to point B, watch them so close I could see the paint and the mask, and then we walked back to the way we were to begin with. And oh my god, all the guitar solos they will forever stay in my brain, engraved. Wesley believes he saw Danny Filth at that moment. Really? Yeah, Danny Filth, the singer for Cradle of Filth. I was about to ask who that was. Thank you. Yeah, uh, he's a singer for a band called Cradle of Filth, and uh, he believes he saw him leave in a very upset way. 
Yeah, he left the pit area, and he was like, just angry, it looks like. I saw him walk off, but I saw him from the back, I'm like, what the fuck? Really? And he thinks because, like, there's a female singer in that band who does, like, a lot of operatic stuff. Uh-huh. He thinks she was the one singing with Papa when they're doing that moment. Really? Yeah. So why would that make him mad? I don't know. Unless, like, because, like, he was also, like, kind of there, like, he was, like, you know, caressing a lot of the girls as they were singing and playing. So maybe, like, he was getting a little too handsy with her, and that's, like, his girl. Really? Maybe, you I think? don't know. That's the only thing I can think of. Man. Oh, dude, those skeletons that came out in those, oh, like, skin-tight bodysuits? I was like, what is that about? Oh, it was just pants that were the bodysuit. Those tops were not, uh... So they, you mean that, that one skeleton we saw? That was just paint. Wow. Yeah. No wonder I couldn't record that. Yeah. That also stayed in my brain forever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, no. I mean, it was a good show. Great show. Um... My friends got yelled at. Well, my friends did not get yelled at, but they did get told no shoulder rides. It was a quick scolding. It was not a quick scolding. It was just an older gentleman telling us, hey, no. <laughs> You're blocking the camera. I mean, it's not our fault they decided to put the camera there. Who was there first? Us or the camera? The camera. No, bullshit. The camera wasn't there when we got to the rail. No, the camera was there. It's on a dolly, so it moves up and back and forth so he can record the entire arena. Oh, okay. So there's an actual track, yeah. Okay, my bad. Still, how dare you at a rock show tell us no shoulder rides? That, like, goes against the creed. Ugh, I cannot wait to buy that DVD, though. Dude, I want to buy it just because I know I was there. Yeah. Now I get why people buy it. Because you were there. And the confetti cannon with the uh, the fake money. Dude, the fake money was so dope. I was like, what? And, you know, you always you just see confetti and you're like, oh, whatever. But the money that came out of it definitely got your attention. Like, is oh, that yeah. real money? Is it fake money? You get it and you find out it's a Papa Dollar bill, y'all. <laughs> and what was the number on it? 66. Dude, I was like, okay, I kind of want this, but I kind of don't want this. But it was really cool. Like, if I had the power to make myself on money and people would want it, I'd do it. Fuck oh, yeah. it. Yeah, you know. <gasps> Dude, podcast dollar bills. Ooh, broken currency. Broken currency. Oh, my God. It's a broken currency just like the United <laughs> States dollar. <laughs> Bazinga. No, wait. booch. All right. And, uh, yeah, um, after that, I, I, the only thing I didn't get to get was I wanted the rosary they were selling, but they were sold out. That would make sense. Hot item like that. Yeah. Uh, did you get any patches? I saw some patch. Some I patch didn't get work. one patch. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. I, I got another tour shirt. And it was so funny that I wore my tour shirt from the last time we saw Ghost a year ago. And I got another tour shirt this time. Bro, I swear, if we see him again next year, I'm going to wear that tour shirt. And it's just going to be a tradition. Every time I go, new tour shirt to wear on the next show. Every time I go, I'm going to buy the baseball tee they have. You bastard. I'm still mad at you about that. They look really cool. It was. And also, when we went to Brewery X, um, someone bumped me and I spilled some of the dark coffee, uh, dark, dark beer onto it. No. Yeah, it would not come out. It stained. Coffee stains, bro. Yeah, I mean, coffee is like the the black beer. It had coffee in it, I'm yeah. sure. That was a stout. That was, yeah. And so, but it happened when someone bumped me when we were walking back to the table. No. I'm sorry, bro. So, yeah. And it spilled right on the, the white part of the shirt. No. Yeah, it didn't hit the sleeve. It didn't hit the image. It just hit white on the sh- on the side. <laughs> you didn't tell me that yesterday. I saw it today. No. Even worse. Yeah, I got home. I put it in the hamper. This morning I got up and I took a shower. And I went to put my clothes in the hamper again. And yeah, there it was. I'm like, oh, damn it. Oh, man. Oh, what a buzzkill. What yeah. a buzzkill. 
Oh, well. Next time, Joe, you'll get another baseball t-shirt from Ghost. Even more of a reason why you should go. Exactly. Every, every concert we got to go. Every concert we got to go. It's a yearly tradition. My friend said they're down to come up from San Diego again to go. I'm no, like, I know back down to San Diego. That was, that was actually a really cool arena to go oh, to. When I went to the one in San Diego and yeah. we got to sit down, that was pretty cool, but I felt left out. I always want to be in GA. I hate sitting down in chairs. I got to no, be yeah. able to move around. I got to get up close and personal. That's no, I would about. definitely want to be in the, in the – but that arena was so small, it was perfect for that show. I mean, like, we are able to see so much, and we actually had a good view and sound was really good. So, I mean, I would I'd be down to go back there for another show. Okay. Cool. Well, we'll put the pen in that. We'll make sure we do that. Um, and, you, dude, I didn't know we had, like, so many birthdays in September. We could have taken, like, um, other Joe other Joe for his birthday to that ghost show. I didn't know his birthday was, like, that close to it. We could have just went halfers on his ticket and been like, hey, guess what? For your birthday, you're coming to the ghost show with us. And then we wouldn't have had to take him to Brewery X, although kind of really like Brewery X. I'm sorry you had a bad experience that they stained your shirt, but I love that place now. Dude, I, we wouldn't have got the signs if we didn't go. Oh, that's true. We did get some sick-ass Oktoberfest signs. And we, it wasn't even October. That was the thing that threw me off. We got Oktoberfest signs, but it wasn't October. It's still September, bro. Yeah, but it starts up early. Oh, I'm all for it. It was the first day of fall. Yeah. Oh, my God. First day of fall, we went to freaking Brewery X, and we got the signs for Oktoberfest. What a night. What a night. Yeah, it was a good night. Joe got older. We got we got we got a lot of fun. We had fun. I kind of surprised you and started talking to people randomly. <laughs> that was fun. Watching that go down, I was like, "Is this what Joe sees when I go to talk to people? Is this what it feels like?" And then I had like a moment to myself, like, "Huh, I don't know if I like this or not, but I think I should be proud of him right now." And then I took a drink. I'm like, "Yep." I'm proud of him. <laughs> Joe's proud being Joe. social. Joe's being social. The, the, the weight has been lifted a little. <laughs> All right, so let's get into it. Yes, yes. My adventures with Superman. Dude, I just had a sick-ass deja vu moment. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to get a lot of that right now. Oh, I'm going to get such bad deja vu today. Oh, this is going to be great. Okay, so my adventures with Superman. Uh, a new animated uh, series of Superman, another iteration of it uh this animated superman was in high school right or is he in high school on this one no he's he just co- finished he's, he's out of college out of college oh, my bad yeah they so, just graduated he has a journalism degree they go to work at the daily planet and they're interning there right now they're not full-on hired they're not actual reporters they're just interns trying to get their way in okay so that's the one where it's it's a new take. It's a new take. Yeah. Um, I mean, they have changed up a lot of the kind of the story a little bit too. Yep, yep. Um, which is not a bad thing. Not a bad thing. And that's what you're kind of looking for anyway when you're watching somebody retell a story as old you as. You only time. rehash something so many times before it gets stale. Bro, I'm so. pretty sure the first issue of Superman that was a comic has been long gone, and yet we're here again <laughs> trying to start from the beginning. First issue of Superman I think came out in 1938. But not mistaken. Really? Yeah, oh man, I'm totally gonna millions. I'm totally gonna fact check you right now. You go ahead and keep talking. But yeah, uh, this is actually a pretty good animated show, and they do make some changes. Uh, he meets Lois Lane, and he's as she's a year into her internship as they join theirs. She's not a reporter yet either, but she's trying to force her way in. Jimmy Olsen and him are best friends and roommates at this point, which I believe. Originally, he always met Jimmy Olsen at the actual Daily Planet, and Jimmy Olsen was always supposed to be kind of like a um, young kid while Clark was always older than him. 
Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. you know, um, it was kind of funny uh, when I found out, well, when they make it known that they were living together in college and went to, they gave me Scrubs vibes. Yeah. It literally gave me Scrubs vibes. I'm like, oh, Target JD? Yes! I was like, oh, dude, they're college buddies. And that, imagine if your college buddy was fucking Superman, bro, and you didn't know it the whole time. Well, no, the thing is, we find out that Jimmy knew the entire time. Oh, that's right. But still, imagine. Yeah. Like, oh. How crazy would that be? That's the thing, though. Like, Lois Lane find out really quickly that he's Superman as well. That's true. And that that's probably the quickest... Uh, that's the quickest uh, a Lois Lane has ever discovered Clark Kent was Superman. Yeah, because I think it was like four to five episodes in that she yeah. figures it out. And then it's crazy that she's the one that named him, too. Yeah. Has, I don't think that was a thing in other, in other tellings of this. I believe it was a thing a couple times. With Lois naming him? I believe so. Okay. I believe, like... I, it's always been the reporters and everyone saying like he's a Superman, uh-huh. and that's how the name came and stuck. Especially because he has the S on his shirt, on his uh, costume already. It's not an S, sir. The symbol stands for hope. <laughs> Fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, uh, I, I kind of liked it. Um, it was cool telling of it. I liked their dynamic. I liked how they um, were all interns. So um, that's always a fun little way of like. Being Jimmy, a, doing a job for free. Yeah. And, well, I think they do get paid. Oh, it is a paid internship? Possibly. I don't know. They never talk about it, but I mean, like, they're not doing any other jobs. How are they afford in that apartment in, like, what is pretty much, like, Chicago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. True, true, true. Yeah. What were you going to say? Oh, but, like, some of the things they did change, like, was a big change was they made Jimmy Olsen a, um, a YouTuber. <laughs> that's not a big change that's called modernizing alright well they modernized it, it which is a change from the original storyline and they made him a conspiracy nut well I mean you, you kind of were right because the first comic of Superman did come out in June 1938 and if memory serves me right I mean I wasn't born then yet or anything but they didn't have YouTube back in 1938 my man nope <laughs> so I got the right you got the year right, you motherfucker. <laughs> that was good. That was good. I'm glad I didn't make a bet. I was just saying I just want to fact check you. I'm sorry. It kills me when you get shit like that right like, God damn. You could remember something like that, but you can't remember what we did last night. You know what I mean? Like, come on, Joe. You can't even remember people's names. I'm getting better. <laughs> that you are. That you are. I'll give you that. So. I mean, uh, I know your name now. It only took me 12 years. Fuck. Alright, I'm taking a drink. Hold on. <laughs> God damn. That's a long time, bro. Yeah. That's a long time. So just for everyone out there who um, don't know me that well, but if I ever meet you and I am sh- supposed to know your name, but I don't ever say your name, I just say, hey, how's it going, buddy, guy, something like that. <laughs> I forgot your name. If he takes you to Starbucks after he met you, you know why. <laughs> It wasn't for the pumpkin spice. It was to get your name. <laughs> oh, Joe. I don't know how you do that. I don't know how you do that. Uh, it's just, you live life like this long enough, it just becomes second nature. That's true. That's true. Very true. All right, so back to Superman. Yes. Um, so this story, this story, right? This story is he did come to Earth. He did come in a spaceship. Uh, but the one twist is... When he went back to his spaceship to learn about his history and where he really came from, he can't talk to his fucking dad. No, the image of Jor-El speaks only Kryptonian. 
in no subtitles. No. Like, bro, come on. Just subtitle it. Even to the audience that's watching this, I mean, when you watch other films and other TV shows and you come across a character that's speaking another language, they usually give it to you in the subtitles what they're saying. Yeah, the only people who they haven't done this for before was, like, uh, R2-D2. That motherfucker cusses too much, that's why. Exactly. Yeah, they, they had to beep him out, and they're not allowed to show it. Mm-mm. Uh-uh. Homeboy's... Uh-uh. He's lost, a troublemaker. Lots swear words, a lot of racist slurs. Dude, can't fuck with R2-D2. No. Mm-mm. That's why he's been around the longest. Yep. You don't fuck with him. You know, in one of the... Some cut scene that I saw on, like, Instagram or TikTok... Uh, he trips a battle droid in one of the fights. Oh, yeah. And they show it. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> no, he gets dirty. I yeah. like it. Oh, he fights dirty. Yeah, fights dirty. But, I mean, look who his master was. You know what I mean? Like, kind of rubbed off on him. And yeah. I'm not talking about Luke. I remember I saw this post that made me laugh because it said they couldn't exchange wedding rings because they had to keep the marriage secret. So what they didn't say when they traded droids. Oh. That's right. He, they traded a C-3PO for R2. Yeah. He took R2, which was her droid originally, and he, she took C-3PO, which he built and created. Yeah. Spoke every language in the known galaxy. Yeah. And the best part is every time C-3PO says, thank the maker, he's saying, thank Vader. That's so crazy. That's so crazy. That little The little things that you know just by paying attention. Yeah. And knowing all that stuff. That's cool. But dude. Star Wars. We're talking about Superman here. Sorry. Jesus, Joe. Jesus. It has to do with space. Does it, though? It was in space, eventually. <laughs> anyway, back to the subtitles. Um, so, yeah, we don't... We, as viewers, didn't even get to know what the hell Joe was saying. No, and the best part is that like, you can actually see frustration on his face when he doesn't understand what he's saying. That is pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. Like, that was pretty cool that you got to see the emotion. Like, dude, he doesn't understand. But then it also makes you think, like, is it a living being in the information it's an ai oh, okay it's ai so then the ai is getting frustrated he can't talk to his son yeah so that sucks i can only imagine you know and then uh but he does get the suit from the spaceship so that was pretty in cool. a sailor moon transformation moment i so happy i was so happy to see that because our boy raul sorry saul who can't be here with us he's the superman fanboy of the group and it really sucks that he can't be here because i love i just want to see his face when we say to him your boy had a Sailor Moon costume transformation. How does that make you feel, Saul? He is a fanboy of Superman, but I bet you he has not watched the show. Shut up. I don't think he has. No, I think he did. I think when well, we Well, no, when you showed him that thing, he didn't know about it. Well, he probably missed it. The fool was probably, like, petting his cat during the transformation. I don't know. But he, he was watching the episodes. Like, he's the one that brought up to my attention that we should talk about this. I did this for him. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, so he's seen episodes six and seven, I think is the last I saw he talked about it. I mean, we'll drop it in the chat. We'll talk to him. Be like, hey, by the way, we just recorded um, Superman. Did you watch it? And then we'll see what he says. Oh, and then we'll get his rating and we'll put it in the podcast somehow. Yeah, I mean, I actually was going to say we he should be on the next episode. I think we're going to record so we can actually ask him then. Oh, I was going to ask him in chat right now while we were just talking. I was going to oh, do it live oh, yeah, time. Yeah, you want to do see it if now. he's awake. But he's in a different time zone right now, so he might not respond. No, nah, it's late over there for him. Yeah, damn guy has to be working with the EPA. All right, but yeah, not a uh, great show by far. I mean, I do enjoy a lot of the character building they do. Um, I did not like that they actually had Lois and Jimmy figure it out really quickly who Clark was. And see, I agree with you, but then I also think... 
the way these DC series have been going, I don't think many series are getting more past a season. So I don't think they had enough time to try to draw it out. So they wanted to get it done. Like, let's do it. Get it out of the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get everything we can. Let's let them know. Let's let them work together. Let's let them know he's a uh, weak decrypt tonight. Let's let them know that there's a bad Superman out there. The What was the thing you said about all the multiple lowest lanes? Oh, the League of Lois Lanes, which was also something new. I never heard of that before. I, I, I was trying to look up the episode that that came out in. Do you remember which one it was? It was one with Mr. Mixelplex. With who? Mr. Mixelplex. <laughs> Dude, somebody called me out on that, and I couldn't believe they knew that answer. And I was like, bro, I only saw that in comics once. And maybe a Justice League episode, if that. Yeah, yeah he's super not, hard. Yeah, he's not a very big Superman villain. Like, he's known because of how out... Lannish he is it's kind of like Batmite oh yeah yeah he's very much Batmite in terms of Superman okay got it got it got it that makes now now that makes more sense so I get it I get it okay but yeah no so I mean and I think I originally the way to like to stop him and to defeat him you had to say his name backwards you had a Rumpelstiltskin yes yes it was a Rumpelstiltskin thing that's yeah. what made me remember him but for God's sake I could not remember his name yeah a lot of my friends hit me up, and they were like, oh, do you know this? And they mentioned this guy's name, and I was like, I don't know who that is. Let me Google it. I Googled it. I was like, oh, I remember that guy. He's like, you didn't know his name? I'm like, no, but I'm good. I'm better with faces. I'm better with faces than I am names on TV shows and stuff. Okay. I'm, when it comes to people, I'm better with faces than I am with names. When it comes to like TV shows and movies, I will remember every little detail there is. I would like to dissect your brain one day. If we're ever allowed to in the future and you're not dead when I dissect it, I think technology will get there. One day. I mean, I'll let you do it. Sweet. All right. You said it here. This is binding. This is a contract. Verbal agreement. I get to dissect your brain. All right. Speaking of brains, Brainiac. Hello. Big bad guy in the end and the freaking season finale. Possibly one of Superman's, like, top three. Dude, definitely his top three. Like... Brainiac messes with him, and it's not even overpowering messing with him. It's outsmarting. It's outsmarting, and that's going to be the most frustrating way to lose, to be honest. Like, you weren't even stronger than me. You were just smarter than me. Yeah. Like, how in the hell? He Batmans him, pretty much. Brainiac just outthinks him. Oh, shit. He really does. Yeah. Wow. Speaking of which, we also don't ever really get a mention of any other superheroes in the show. You're right. But they do mention the cities. They do mention cities. But I they never mention Gotham once. Gotham, I believe they mentioned Central City, and I think they mentioned West City. Really? I believe so. Damn. Oh, oh when they brought in those other reporters from yeah. other departments, not other departments, other, other uh, cities. Cities, that's, yeah. that's, that's how they introduced it. Yes, yes. That was good. Um, and then when they were literally trying to steal the intern's work, I was like, really, guys? That's terrible. But isn't that how it is for our poor interns? Always getting Pretty the much. short end of the straw. Yeah. Um, oh, that reminded me, um, the not the... He's not a big bad, but he's, like, the main, like, bad guy that they're always going against Superman. Uh, it's the general, and then it turns out it's Lois Lane's dad. Yeah. Dude, that was such a good twist, because that's never been done either. Like, Lois's Lane dad has never really been no, talked of. No, she's... It's been brought up in the comics a lot. Wait, really? Yeah. So that's comics, comic comics, Thomas Thomas that Lois Lane's dad is a military general. Wow. There are times where he does butt heads with Superman, and there's other times where he's just a general, and they don't really see eye to eye, but he's... Not an antagonist of his. So, this one they're making him more of a, like almost a villain to Superman. And I think that's because Lois Lane knows who he is so early on. They want to have that drama and that kind of rapport there. 
they want the family dysfunction to, for the show. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, then they did that fucking Thanksgiving. <laughs> I was like, what a family thing to do. Bring up all the drama at Thanksgiving. I was like, dang, couldn't pick a better day. Couldn't pick a better holiday. But yeah, I mean, the only thing that I was waiting for, because I mean, we got a lot of villains in this show. Livewire, um, we got uh, Osimo's Corporation's uh, lead tech guy. He made all the gear for all these low-end villains to become high villains. And that was pretty crazy, too, because that was something I liked that they did. Um, I almost want to say they modernized the way they made villains, was the fact that it was from uh, an event of Kryptonian technology that came to the planet. The government fought them off without no, and it wasn't them fighting them off. It was another Kryptonian that we found out that stopped the evil Kryptonian from trying to take over. And then with all that leftover technology that just happened to be there, the government took it. And was like, "Yo, we could use this shit and power ourselves up for the next time they might come," because they, you know, they're always trying to protect themselves from an invasion. Yeah, and. Uh, the the powers that they got from those suits was pretty cool, except that one Godzilla type guy who just kept getting more and more powerful the more electricity he took. Oh yeah, yeah. that was a that was a very interesting power. And then the whole time I thought it was his body that kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. It was a suit. It was a suit. I was like, what the hell? And that was a pretty good move from uh, from Superman's standpoint where. He, he, he literally, the whole time he's fighting with himself, he's like, he wants to save everybody. He can't. He hears everybody. He can't save everybody. Well, that's the, we've gone over this before. The core thing about Superman is he knows he can hear everything. He can see almost everything. He has extra vision. He can zoom in if he wanted to. He is having the, is having the ability to hear everything going wrong, but not having enough power to stop all of it and having to pick and choose. And that's the core element of who Superman and Clark Kent is. So I mean, like that's what they did really well, especially the episode where like he. F- that's another thing I like to know about this. He slowly unlocks his powers. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. He um, discovers them, gets scared by a couple of them, mainly his uh, heat vision. Um, I didn't see Frost Breath. Did you? No. No, okay, they so, didn't do Frostbite. So I, I thought we were going to get it when they had the ice machine. Yes, me too. I thought that was when they were going to introduce it. They did it. Um, and the sun recharging him? I feel like he doesn't still fully grasp that the sun is his energy source. No, but they did hint at the idea that the red sun uh, powering him down. Yeah. Because when he goes into the Cadmus area, that power... Oh, dude, the fact that we got to see, uh, not Gorilla Grodd, the other uh, Gorilla and Brain... Oh, which episode? That was like episode six, I think. But yeah, that's like when they go looking for Jimmy, when he like goes off into the woods on the camping trip that they're supposed to go on together, and he goes missing. Oh, the one with the mad scientists. And, yeah. Okay, I remember they now. Make a black hole. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, that was a good episode. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, like, I mean, the fact that he slowly um, learns his powers and like you know it comes to terms with what they are and everything, like, I like that a lot. That's something they don't do very often. Usually it's just like he learns them when he's younger and not unlocking them as he gets older. Like The only way I think they did a better job of it was Smallville because they had more time. They had like eight seasons to do it. Dude, they had a lot of seasons. That was like one of my favorite series out of um, all the Superman tellings. Oh, yeah. It was that one. They introduced so much of the freaking content. so good. Dude, so good. And the fact that his dad was still around, that was a nice little take on it. Alexander. (laughs) <laughs> yes and then how Lois Lane was there but she wasn't the love interest her cousin was and then Lana Lang yeah Lana Lang 
and that was a cool tell. Um, I'm still catching tidbits about, you know, the show nowadays. Like, they say the way the show ended, how he was wearing a watch. The watch was made out of blue kryptonite so he could be a human and really, like, enjoy life. And I was like, what the hell? Like, I, it could be. It could be because uh, apparently that happened in one of the series, in one yeah. of the comics. Uh, he weakened himself on purpose so he could live a normal life. Yeah. Imagine weakening yourself just so you could live a normal life, bro. I, I would... If I had those powers, I I would not be a good person. All right, so moving on. <laughs> that so I'm not even shocked. I'm not even surprised. Yeah, I would be a decent person. Decent. I I would rob a lot of banks. That is not a confession to any wrongdoing. <laughs> well, I don't have the powers to do it. <laughs> I'm just saying, if I knew I could, like you know, fly at the speed of light. Fashion speed bullet, obviously, but if I was super strong, where I could rip a wall door off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I would, I would do some good. Yep, yep. But I would definitely like line my pockets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Joe, you're terrible, bro. Yeah. Appreciate your honesty. <laughs> appreciate your honesty. But yeah, no. Um, I, I back to the series. Um, I liked where they ended it too. I like how we're gonna get Brainiac in season two. Um, it's supposed to be worked on by Adult Swim right now, so hopefully we get to see it. And um, the evil Kryptonian. They never unmasked him. I'm pretty sure it's going to be Emperor's, uh, General Zod. General Zod? I think we're getting General Zod because it is a Kryptonian that, that he fights with and then he can possibly learn about Phantom Zone. It could be where that's how he also learns, you know, how to speak Kryptonian eventually somehow. Oh my gosh, yes. That boy so we can finally learn. talk to Jor-El? Yes. He needs to learn that language. Okay, real quick. Have you ever seen the original um, Superman movies? Yeah. Christopher Reeves? Yep. Marlon Brando? Yep. Do you remember the scene where Marlon Brando's talking to the baby? No. The scene where Marlon Brando as Jor-El is holding baby Clark Kent, Superman, Kal-El. Uh-huh. And he's doing this long speech like, my son, one day we're, you're going to go to this planet. And he's talking about, you know, sending him to Earth and all this stuff. He's giving the whole spiel, like, breaking down the whole origin of who Clark Kent is. Okay. Marlon Brando never knew how to remember how to read, remember the scripts, so he actually had the script written down on a piece of paper and taped it to the baby's forehead. Shut up. And he was reading off the thing. No. Yeah. I'm he did dead. that a lot, apparently. No. He would be doing scenes, and he had, whoever he was doing the scene with, he would have this, the script taped to his chest. He had scripts taped to the ceiling, and that's why he, like, you see him randomly looking up at the ceiling just while he's talking, so he can read the script. He never memorized anything. What the hell? Yeah. How do you be an actor and not know how to memorize your script? He was just good at acting, but he couldn't memorize a script, so he would he just had an innate talent of like being able to act read it, it and oh. act it out at the same time and make it work well. That's that's skill, dude. That is skill. Like how the hell in lifetime you're acting and you're reading what you're supposed to be acting out. Well do no, nah, dude, like a lot of these uh, current day soap opera stars, mm-hmm. they don't get the script till the day of because they do a daily show. What the hell? So they don't get the script till the day of, so they don't have time to memorize it. So what they do is they put an earbud into their ears, and someone reads them their lines, and they're repeating them as they're being spoken to their ear. You're lying. I am not lying. How did you find this out? Uh, Kevin Smith, when he did, I believe, Red State, uh-huh. there was a, oh, no, Tusk. Okay. Tusk. So the female love interest of this whole thing, uh, she was a soap opera star, and he hired on to be in this thing, and she was telling him all this stuff, like, oh, yeah. We don't get our scripts the day up, so like it's, we don't really have time to memorize it. So like we'll read as best we can to get like the emotional 
points and we know where we're at, you're at emotionally. Uh-huh. But because we don't have time to memorize it, we have someone who literally will read it to us in our earpiece and we repeat it as like, we go. And Kevin's like, no fucking way. She goes, yeah. So he tested her. He started telling her something, like reading out a monologue he just wrote that day. Uh-huh. And she was reading it back to him, word for word, and also doing the emotional presence where she started crying in front of him or like that. No. Yeah. That's such a behind-the-scenes fucking cheat code. But, dude, to be that good to where, like, it's hard enough to speak, and when someone's speaking to you to, like, even, like, pay attention to what they're saying. But you're speaking, and you're literally, like, off by, like, a beat, because you're, obviously, they're saying the words, and you're saying it after them. Yeah. But to be able to listen and speak at the same time, to repeat what they're saying, and then at the same time emote the emotional points of what you need to do, and to also hit your marks, because, like, for movies and everything like that, the, the floor are all taped up for marks where they have to be at because that's where they plan the camera movements. Right, right, right. So to do all this stuff and, like, to not even know your script to begin with, it's ridiculous. I mean, I've only done that once in my life where I read off of a script and it was for a training I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't get the material till the day of and it was it was like key speaker notes and it was inside the slide of the PowerPoint. And so I'm over here having to hype up the cell phone and talk about it and give you the excitement as I'm reading it on this other screen. So I, I totally know how you can pull it off but I can only really do excitement. I can't really do like sad emotional stuff. Oh, dude, that that's gonna be really hard to do. I that's mean, you, definitely. You, you have to find that that dark place in your soul to like go there. To I mean, begin with we all have that, but we don't like to talk about it. But just tap into it in in the moment. It's, oh, it's not easy to do. Oh, you know what? I'd rather just pinch myself. <laughs> you want a tear drinking moment? Let me pinch myself real quick inside my pocket. Dad, ah! <laughs> why'd you leave? <laughs> Papa, Papa, can you hear me? Edward, <laughs> oh Big brother, no! Oh man, so that's where your dark space goes, huh? Up a happy place. <laughs> God damn it, Joe, Superman. <laughs> but no, that was cool. That was a cool little tidbit, fun fact stuff. Um, so yeah, I, I think we're good. We can we start reading the Superman? Oh yeah. All right, cool. So um, Superman, my adventures with Superman. Sorry, I busted Joe. Um, a great, great spin on it. Great spin on it. Did not feel boring. It had a Sailor Moon costume change. Um, I watched it. It had my undivided attention to the point where I got mad that it didn't get subtitles when uh, Clark was speaking to his dad. And I'm like, dude, I'm paying attention to this and I'm getting mad at it. I love it. Um, I give it a solid eight. I give it a solid eight. Um, I like the animation style. I like the storyline. I like the twist. It was nothing crazy to where I would be mad that they went off. Um, off book a little bit. Off book, you know, and the League of Lois Lane, that was something new and unheard of. Never heard of it before. Um, them all working together as Also, interns. they had a Jimmy Olsen in there, a female Jimmy Olsen. That was funny. That was funny. And so I like it. I like it. I like it. I recommend it to all my friends. Um, I recommended it to my brother, who is uh, the Superman fan in the family. I'm the Batman fan. So, you know. Every family has one. Dude, you literally do or you don't have a family. I'm yeah. just saying. All right. But yeah, no, eight for me. I dig it. I like it. Great series. Uh, can't wait for season two. It better come through. Adult Swim, no pressure. I just want to see it before next year. Okay. What I'm about gonna, you, Joe? I'm going to go eight and a half. Why you got to one-up me for, bro? I don't one-up you. I have to up you. <laughs> you dick. Go on. Why? I did enjoy it wholeheartedly. I love the fact that they brought in Slade Wilson and Task Force X with Amanda Waller. That was good. We had Suicide Squad come through. I did like... I like the, the fact that they're actually building a world without telling you they're building a world. Because I can see it. So they're going to... I'm feeling like in season two, we're going to see at least Bruce Wayne. 
I hope so. A young teenage Bruce Wayne. No, no, we won't see a young teenage Bruce Wayne. No? We're going to see year one Batman Bruce Wayne. Early into oh, it. Still learning it. Still learning, not quite working with the police yet. Maybe he knows Gordon and he works with him only, but he's not working with the police fully. But I think we're going to get a young year one Batman. And then I'm hoping, I'm hoping we get Lex Luthor. Dude, we like. I feel like that was missing the whole time. That's why I gave it an eight. Because watching every iteration of Superman to date, you, you always need have that Lex. counterpart. You need his counterpart. Uh, the general did a good job in being like a placeholder, but you need Lex. You need Lex. There's a difference between the general and Lex. But yeah, I feel like we do need a Lex, and I'm curious if they didn't have him in there because they couldn't find a casting for him because. I mean, the guy who voices Lex Luthor in all of the animated movies and shows does an amazing job. He also voices Mr. Krabs. Shut up. I am not even lying. Wait, wait, wait. Say it again. Say it again. Who? So Mr. Krabs. Mr. Is Mr. Krabs. He is voiced by the same person who voices Lex Luthor in Justice League. Oh, in Justice League. Oh, okay. What the hell? Yeah, but he voices Lex Luthor in a lot of stuff because like he does so well. I shit. I, I would never think Mr. Krabs and Lex Luthor were in the same fucking sentence. No, yeah, same dude. Dude, I'm totally gonna ask Chris so she knows that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, hey, I'm gonna bet you some money right now and go over it. So, we'll see how that goes. But good. Uh, so, we'll both recommend to our friends. Saul, I hit you up in the chat while we were recording this podcast to get your rating. You didn't look at the chat quick enough. Although, I think you're also a couple hours into the future. So, I ain't that mad. But when you can, drop your rating. Clancy Brown is his name. That's the voice actor's name. What the heck? But yeah, he voices Lex Luthor, and he does such a great job of it. Bravo. The voice actors, the voice actors, they always blow me away, bro. You never know who the hell this person is. If you were, you could pass a thousand voice actors in life, and you would have never known. Because you don't see the voice actors ever shown like in the end credits you never see faces you see names yeah but yeah he was also Lex Luthor for a lot of the animated movies and shows dang good for him yeah I wholeheartedly like hope they bring him back because he does such a great job hey you're good at something they'll come to you yeah sweet alright so uh, let's move on over it lives inside it lives inside of us all. So, I'm not going to lie. I had no idea what this movie was about going in. Hey, me too. I never saw the trailers. I don't think there were trailers. There were. There but were. There, there were. I, I just, I when we talked about it, and I saw the, the posters, and I saw like clips of the trailers, but I never actually watched them. I was like, okay, this looks interesting. I want to go see it just because of that. But I kind of didn't want to watch the trailer because in horror movies... They, they give, give a lot away of ways jump stuff. scares. Yeah. So I wanted to go in just fresh, so I didn't watch any trailers. And I was um surprised by this one. Uh, you but see, you know the only reason I mentioned this and a fun so fun story um, for you listeners. When we talk about what we're gonna watch to review, we just go back and forth in a chat. We're like, hey, this is coming out in theaters, should we watch it? Hey, this is coming out in theaters, and we try to build our list of three items. We were going back and forth between Expendables 4, It Lives Inside, and we were trying to decide which one was the better one to watch. Yeah. So I think we did a good choice by going with It Lives Inside. 
Very um, much so. Mainly because it's made by the same producers of Get Out. Yeah. Which is what caught my eye. That caught my eye because, uh, dude, if there's no marketing for a horror, or a horror um, movie, you should be worried. Yeah. If you're going to go watch it, you know what I mean? But if they tell you, hey, by the way, people who did Get Out kind of did our film, that's a big flex. That's a big flex. Get Out got major hype, won many awards in its time. So, But then I was wondering what they were going to do next. So good to see they're doing some other stuff uh, into the horror realm. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I kind of like their take on this. You know, the Indian-American teenager struggling with their cultural identity. Um, a lot of people can relate to that. That's just a... That's how they get everybody, right? Yeah. Hit them with something to make everybody feel part of it. Um, and then her unwillingly, unwittingly releases the demon entity that just grows stronger by feeding on her loneliness. I think if that type of demon existed in high school, holy hell, every high school in this world would be done. Oh done. God. Done. <laughs> like, there's I mean, always every somebody in there. Teenagers insecure. They hate life. I mean, Everything. Bad. Yes, that's that's definitely such a good thing to go off of, and you know, kind of eye opening and things you want to look out for in in school if you're ever in school in college, whatever you're at, or you saw it, or you were that lonely person in school. Who knows? But I thought it was a good spin, a good, a good, a good mechanism for the demon to grow on. It was definitely that. And on top of that, I mean, it also kind of, like, it really showed, like, you know, kids, like, nowadays, it's hard for them because they want to try to fit in. So, I mean, they they avoid their culture. I mean, it was, like, a subplot where this girl was uh, Sam. She was literally trying to avoid her Hindu culture. She was trying to just, you know, modernize herself and just be American. To the point where, like, her mother speaks to her all the time in Hindi, and she just responds back in English. Like, she refuses to, like, kind of do it. She wouldn't take her own lunch to school because she didn't want people to see her eating the uh, Indian food. Which is so sad, bro. Indian food is so, so good. delicious. Like, dude, it's so good. Once like, I started cooking, I'm like, I want some right now. <laughs> once, I, once I started cooking, I'm like, damn, I wonder how spicy that is on a scale of 1 to 10 because I'm down for the spice. Spice is life. When I saw her with a non bread, I'm like, oh. oh. Dude, you just wanted to scoop that. Dude. Ah, what time? Is- dude, there is no Indian food open right no. now. No way that's happening tonight. But, hey, dude, let's get some curry. Like, next time we go, go do something. Dude, there is a spot by the packing house in, by, in Anaheim where I go to. Uh huh. It's like kind of like a Chinese place, but it's Indian food. So they have butter chicken, curry chicken, yeah, and they do garlic chicken. naan bread, and they have like also this really good rice pudding thing. Fuck. Wow. I've never seen you that happy talking about food for a minute, bro. Should I, I give you a second? Should I just leave the I'm running a cigarette. Give me a You know what? Yeah, let's just get you that cigarette quick, buddy. Um, but yeah, no. I, I do. Let's get some curry. Let's get some food. Let's get some Indian in us. Um in a good way you know food wise yeah. food wise Jesus dude I felt that look and I was looking at my tablet <laughs> damn so no um, I feel it and I don't know so for all you single Indian guys there, Brian's looking for you I fucking hate you <laughs> anyway moving on um, no so that whole cultural thing like I totally get it. I mean, our the United States is such a melt. What is it? Melting pot? Is that what it's, it's called? It's a melting pot. Melting pot. But at the pot. same time, kids are assholes. They are, and that's what really stops a lot of people. So a lot of kids from leaning into their culture to to let them know, like in the future, 
that's your personal selling point in the future. The fact that you can speak a language nobody else can, that's a big flex, big yeah. win. And for me, I mean, I'm Mexican descent, so I know I can speak Spanish. I love my fucking Mexican food. And guess who else does? Everybody else in the fucking United States. They all love tacos. I am a Mexican descent. I know enough Spanish to order food. That's what I'm talking about, bro. Go to any taco truck. You order food. I order food. We love food. I just had tacos today, and I Hola, love it. Hola, tres tacos para el pastor. Tu cerveza. <laughs> fucking Joe. <laughs> I just do what I did. I have dos. Dos cervezas, por favor. Hey, hey. End it with some tres leches cake. You got a, you got a good a good meal there, sir. Then you walk away, and, and you say, Lávate los manos. <laughs> You're so stupid. I thought you were going to say que le vaya bien. Fucking Joe. It's all I know. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, no. So, I mean, kids are fucked up. Even nowadays, they hate on each other just because they're kids. Uh, cultural differences is what makes the world go round, to be honest. Um, I wouldn't have experienced as much food as I have if I didn't have friends of every different race genre everything so i love it uh they love mexican food so it's always easy for me yeah. like yeah guys you want tacos yeah let's go cool but if one of my friends say hey brian you want curry fuck yeah where are we going because i do not know many curry spots that are good so i'm excited to try your spot out joe and you know i do have friends i can hit up it is good it's not great i'm gonna warn you now oh shit man don't make me hit up one of my indian friends and get a better spot bro because i will well no find a better spot yeah. by all means like i said this place that. is this is like I said it like before, it is a Indian Chinese restaurant thing. We're gonna have everything pre cooked. It's in the heating dishes. Oh. So you come through, you make your plate real quick, and then they warm the number. They make the number fresh at least. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, it's, it's it's good Indian food. It's not great Indian food. Okay. I mean, and it's by the packing house, which has at least several breweries that I want to go check out still, including Villains. Oh, say less. Let's go. Villains in Indian food. Let's go. Dude, that sounds like a good mix. I'm not even mad. I'm excited now. Walking distance from each other. And we could walk it off. Other way. All right. Joe. Food. Stop. Back to the movie. Back to the movie. Sorry. I know. I could tell. Anyway. So, uh, horror film. All right. Uh, So, Demon. Powerful. Uh, The Empty Mason Jar was uh, pretty interesting to know, like, that's what it's from. Like... Well, when I said it lived inside, and like, okay, it lives inside the mason jar. Oh, I lived, I was gonna be like a demon that's inside the person. Yes, yes, me too. I was thinking possession kind of thing going in, I, but the fact that it's like, okay, no, I was in this mason jar, and I'm gonna like feed it raw meat. <coughs> so weird. Not so much. I mean, like, you know, I can see it. Demons, you know, want to eat red, raw flesh. Not cooked. I mean, it's kind of like you know, okay, okay, like animalistic kind of. Okay, thing. okay. So let me let me go ahead. And let's peel that layer back. What was the last demon type film you watched where you actually saw a demon eat? Because a lot of demons just fuck up the people, tear their flesh off, all that good stuff. But do you really actually see them consume the food? Which I mean, no, sorry, the flesh of their victims. Well, see, I look at it this way though. So, in this one, they're going off the Hindu belief system. Okay. And this demon literally does eat the flesh of its people. Okay. So that's why I'm with it. Okay. For the, all the other shit, like, we see where demons are, like, fucking with people, torturing them. That is from the Christianity belief, where the demons are more torturers as opposed to, you know, eating nourishment from our battered souls. 
But this thing does eventually consume your soul too. But it's eating you first. Okay. I, I'm gonna jump ahead real quick and like kind of skip something. But I was kind of hoping her friend who was like captured and like held in a bathtub. Mm-hmm. I was kind of hoping she was gonna be missing like body parts. Wow. Like, an arm gone, leg gone. Wow. Bro. I was like waiting for it and like it didn't happen. There's only one death in this movie. Uh, was it the boyfriend or Russ? Dude, you're better with the names than I am. I literally saw this a couple hours ago. <laughs> I give that to you. I'm just bad with names. I just want to watch the film. I want to decipher the demon, how to kill the demon, what's making the demon stronger, did you fuck up, what point did you fuck up, and can you really redeem yourself? And then I also tie it back, like, can this happen in real life? Because that's just how my brain works. Like, if I came across this demon in real life, would I be able to figure out its weakness, its strength, and find a way to kill it? That's how I always watch all these demon-type films. Like, even The Nun. When, yeah. we, when we talked about the nun too, I'm watching the nun. I'm like, damn, would I have been able to survive that fire? Am I fireproof? And, you know, I just think stupid shit like that. That's what I. That's where my brain goes when I'm watching these type of films. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, my brain does not go there. Yeah, obviously, your brain's like, I hope she's missing more body parts. <laughs> you sick cannibal, you. My brain just goes like, how would I make this movie better for me? Always. More Always gore, more that, death, bro. more torture. You know, uh, this movie was uh, rated PG-13, wasn't it? Yeah. Bro, it should not have been rated PG-13. It should be rated PG. You're stupid. No. Dude, it wasn't that bad. There wasn't swearing. There wasn't a lot of gore. The demon looked like a rep- mixture of the current day reptile and Baraka <laughs> for Mortal Kombat. It wasn't anything too crazy. It wasn't bad. I mean, majority of the time the demon is like invisible. And then when uh, it does, and when there's a lot of violence, it's usually off camera. I think they did that for budget reasons. Ooh, I, I'm gonna figure out this. I'm gonna get this movie's budget. I'm gonna say five mil. Five mil. Five mil. Okay, baseline off-screen stuff. The invisible jar. <laughs> the raw meat. Okay. Hold on, hold on. Are right, you say five mil? Yeah. I'm gonna say before I finish typing this in. Um. Five mil. I'm gonna raise you. I'm gonna double down. Ten mil. Let's go. All right. So for the budget of it lives inside. What is it lives inside? Budget, 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 budget. Oh, what the hell, dude? It's not as easy to find this time. I think because it's still new, new. I mean, it just came out this weekend, so I get it. But oh no, it's been out for like two weeks. Oh shit. Right? Really? I believe so. Oh man. Right. Yeah, because when I was when we were like talking about it, it had been out for that week already. So we're on week two, I think. Oh shit! Oh, I hate you, Joe. I think I found the website. All right, according to this random website I found, flick on it. It lives inside is estimated to be made on a budget of around U.S. five million. I'm good. Bravo, sir. Bravo. I am good with movies. I'm horrible with everything else. And I'm the opposite. I'm decent. Better at everything else. <laughs> I, I am not good in social circles. I am not good with any. You start talking about movies, though. I can just chime in and I can like put on a quick TED talk. You know, I'm gonna try that next time we go out. I'm gonna try to strike up a conversation using movies and TV shows, just to see you chime in quicker than normal. I wonder if that will work. That's a theory. I'm gonna try it next time. Just make sure you have some liquid courage in you, bro. That's all I ask. Done. Yes. All right. Indian so, food, liquid courage, movies. I'm happy. Movie combo starter. Challenge accepted. <laughs> Let's go. So, um, 
So overall, Joe, uh, how do you feel um, this movie did? Comparing, we just saw The Nun 2. We saw the other, uh, you saw the other film, the one with the hand. Oh, talk to me. Talk to me. So talk to me, Nun 2, and following up with It Lives Inside. How are you feeling about it? Uh, I'm at seven and a half with this one. Seven and a half? Seven and a half. Seven point five. Uh, I like the look of the demon. Okay. Like I said it looks like the modern. If you ever seen the current Mortal Kombat movie that just came out? Yes. It looks like Reptile from that. Okay. Mixed with Baraka. You did say that. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Yeah. So I like the design for him. Okay. I like the fact that they had based it off of the Hindu belief system, and they actually gave it like a background, and it made it culturally viable to the family there. Yep. I just. Honestly, felt like it was very slow paced, and I don't like the fact that the demon doesn't really cause much havoc to anyone other than the, the user, f- the first girl, mm-hmm. the boyfriend who was trying to help her, and the teacher. And it only killed one of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, to me, I'm like, well, I think it killed the biggest threat to it continuing to grow. So, like. If somebody has a significant other, you're not very lonely. You have somebody with you all the time. So if you got a teacher, a boyfriend, and... Well, it wasn't trying to, like, it was... It knew the girl was... I felt like what it was was stalking the girl to make sure she wasn't getting too far and figuring out what it was. Uh Because it had Tamara, the first girl, waiting, and it was trying to kill her and eat her soul. Sam... She was literally just like, I'm going to check to make sure you're not going to get too far because if you're getting too far and figuring out what I am and become a threat, I got to kill you then. Okay. I don't feel like it was really worried about her. So everyone else, it was like a threat to it because it wasn't so much of a loneliness. It was like, you're helping her get closer to what I am and how to stop me. Got it. So you think it killed the boyfriend because... He was going to help her figure it out. Because he'd been helping her, and he took her to the place where it was. They were talking about the actual, like, everything, and they are discussing things. I felt, like, I felt like it felt that it was, he was becoming a threat because he was helping her get too close. And that's why he killed him. Okay, okay. I can see it. I see it. Not a fan of the fact that the teacher also was very quick to kind of believe her. To the point where after she had just told her, he's like, you got to believe me. If you tell any adult this kind of stuff, they're not going to believe you. <laughs> they totally aren't. No, they're like, kid, are you high? Yeah, they'll be like, okay. But then so. she turns around, like, it's something behind me, and she like, literally fills the air. I'm like, no, no adult's going to do that. No, no adult is. Unless they're, like, superstitious, or they're a ghost hunter, or, you know, something like that. Then I get it, but a teacher? Yeah, and the teacher never came across as that to begin with, so I'm like, no, this is just a bit much for me. The teacher's just way too... It was way too pushy at that point for me. I'm like, it just, no adult was going to be that willing to believe it. The mom, I believe, because she's very steeped in the culture. Of course. And believes all that stuff. Always. Yeah, it's so always I, the moms, bro. Always the moms. Even in the Mexican culture, if you say La Llorona to anybody, they will tell you all the stories they heard. And every story is different, which is always a funny thing to hear about. But it, it you have that. You have yeah. those. You have those. You have the moms that believe it. The superstition down to the T. I totally agree. Mom, yes, would believe her in a heartbeat, which is weird. But the teacher to believe her in a heartbeat, that's weirder. Yeah. That was a push for me. I'm like, you, you went you went Big too stretch. far. You stretched way too far. <laughs> You're not Monkey D. Luffy. You can't stretch that much. Ding! Oh, I love that callback. Yes! You're going to fist that one. All right. For what? <laughs> <laughs> what? How'd you do that? 
valid for that. I get a fist bump you for what? I just well, no, said. what you said. Oh, we get a fist bump for that one. No, you're like yeah, the mom. Would, the mom wouldn't believe the, t- the teacher. Oh, bro, you gotta place that one better. We gotta do better. We'll do better. We'll do better on the next one. Okay. All right. I'm sorry. It's okay. I'll good slide. enough for you. That's all right. But yeah, yeah. we gotta work on it. It's comedic timing. It, it takes time, bro. I'm, I'm new to this. Come on. You truly are. It's so, okay. Yeah. I appreciate the effort. Uh, thank you. Maximum effort. But yeah, uh, seven and a half for me. I mean, I would recommend this to some people. I would recommend it to a lot. I don't see this really touching base with a lot of people, and this is this is probably a good one for like horror movie beginners. Dude, oh, okay, continue your thought, then I'll go. If you're new to horror movies, like if you've like never really been a fan of like watching horror to begin with, and you want to try to get into it, like my niece, she's right now fresh trying to get into horror movies. What? Yeah, like she wants to go to Universal Halloween Horror Nights, oh. and I've been trying to show her horror movies to get get into it. So that way she can, you know, she can, like, go and be happy and not be too scared. Because, like, she's terrified by them. You know, uh, is, okay, so question. Would you call that you're trying to desensitize her to horror or you're trying to adapt her to horror? How do you call it? I call it adapt. I don't adapt. think, I want to say desensitize because I don't like that word. Especially okay. for, like, horror movies. Because they, can't, they try to use it a lot for it to make their cases for violence in, like, high schools and kids and shit like that. Especially with uh, music and video games. Desensitize the kids to violence, and they it makes them you know believe they can go out here and like you know harm others. Blah blah. No, that's bullshit. <laughs> okay. I don't believe horror movies desensitize you to violence. If you have an innate kind of drive towards it, you're gonna have that. There's no way around that. But um, I do believe like I'm trying to adapt her to horror movies. I want her to like. Because, I mean, I've grown up on horror movies. Since I was five years old, I would watch horror movies with my grandma. That's right. You yeah. did say that. So, I mean, like, I've grown up watching horror. So, for me, I'm not desensitized to violence. Like, if I see something, like, really bad, it, it makes me cringe. And I don't like it. I, I don't like watching live videos of operations. I can't stand that. But show me a horror movie where a dude gets ripped in half and you see his guts. I'm laughing my ass off. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> There's a difference between being desensitized to horror and enjoying something that you know is a work of fiction. True, 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 true. Uh, okay, I definitely see that. Go on. So I believe for movie people who are new to horror, who want to get more into horror, and like this movie right here would be a good stepping stone. It's not too gory. It has a good story that works well. Mm-hmm. It has an actual rel- religious belief system that works and actually explains itself. Which is always a plus for yes. people that don't know or it's their first time being exposed to it. Exactly. Go on. So, on top of that, you have a real at one. It works well for a horror movie because you don't ever. It's like, like Jaws. You don't see the shark. Dude, isn't that fucking crazy? Yes. When you really like take a step back and look, think about it. Go on. Go on. Yeah, you don't really see the shark. You don't see this creature until the very end. You always see the eyes glow in the closet. Yep. You kind of see small silhouette of it, but you never actually see it full on until the very end. When you want to see it. So, for brand new people who are trying to like become a horror fan, or want to have, you know, a, a gateway into kind of showing people who are not horror fans to get them into it, I feel like this is like one of those movies that you can do that with. Yeah. I would not recommend a brand new horror movie person to watch Terrifier. 
Oh shit, no. <laughs> Don't do that. No. <laughs> you will you will scare them away from the freaking uh whole genre in one film. Exactly. Like you got to plan it and I feel like this is a, one of those ones where you can do that. I feel like this was a, is a good starting point for one. I feel like if you want to go a little bit of old school, you can do like the blob. That's a fun one. That's a fun one. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Another good one. Yeah. Uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. They're, they have their moments, but for the most part, they're more fun than anything else. And you slowly build up. Yeah. And you get to Terrifier eventually. You get to... Dude, you get the to Bobadook. Terrifier like, after you've watched all the films that will get you used to gore. Yeah. Before that. You had to build up to that. Like You build up to that point. You build up to Babadook. You build up to Terrifier. You build up to Green Inferno. Yep, agreed. Everything you just said. Yeah. Big facts. Big facts. So yeah, no, for sure. A seven and a half on this one across the board. I, You can't recommend horror movies to everybody, but you can recommend them to people who enjoy them, and I can recommend them to people who want to try horror. Alright, so you're going to use this as like a entry movie drug. Yeah. It's, cool. it's, my, it's my gateway drug for you. There it is! Your gateway movie drug. Yeah. Gateway drug movie. Eh, I'll come up with a better term. Alright, no, um, I'm going to follow right behind you. I'm going to put a nice seven. Um, I think you already gave yours. I did, huh? Yeah. What did I give it? You gave it a seven. You went back to the same number. I thought that was super. No, super. I gave it an eight. Wow, I'm gonna have to listen back to this podcast because I remember rating it. I think you did. Just in case, do your rating still? I could swear you did give it a seven, though. Dude, I don't know. All right. Anyway, I give it a seven. <laughs> uh, I like the the cultural aspect. Always love that. Um, like I said, uh, when we reviewed, uh, you're so not invited to my bat mitzvah. Yeah. I learned a lot about Judaism through that film. This film, I learned a little bit more about Hinduism and um, how much I love their food, you know? And I can't wait to get some. And uh, the villain, no villain, the demon, I like the take on it. I like the power source. I like the impact it had. Um, I like the the whole aspect of a high school. She was in high school, right? No, uh, junior high going to high school. Dude, very... They picked a great age point to have that demon feed off of loneliness. Like, for sure, they got a good point on it. Um, To your point, I don't think there was enough death either. Um, Wish more people would have died, especially the teacher, because, you know, she believed it that quickly. She should have died that quickly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, But no, uh, overall, decent film. Uh, Yes, I would not recommend to a hardcore horror uh, fan. But I would recommend that somebody who's like, hey, I'm looking for something to watch. What would you recommend? What genre are you trying to hit? Horror. Uh, you want something terrifier, gory? Or you want something basic, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's what this is. It's a basic horror film. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Basic in the fact that the, the it's not enough blood, not enough gore, not enough demonic possession shit. And so, yeah, seven. I'm right there. All right. Uh, so? On that note, we can take a quick break. We'll be right back. Cool. Yes, yes. Play me my dances too. <laughs> did he just meow? Yeah, he did. <laughs> and welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Thank you so much. That was the funniest start ever. <laughs> Fucking Loki with the meow. <laughs> I don't even know if I hit record in time for the meow to come through, though. Oh, man. We'll find out. If you guys hear a meow, you know it was Loki. Oh, uh, the little bastard. Yeah, fucker. Took yeah, 30 minutes of my life. 
Never going to get that back, Chip. No. <laughs> Never going to get it back. But we are back, and we are here to talk about sex education. No, not the thing you learned in high school, but the TV show on Netflix. Season 4, starring Asa Butterfield. Who? Asa Butterfield. I know, I just wanted to hear you say his name again, because I hear butter and field, and I think a field full of butter. Yeah. And also, uh, this guy, who the, like... He was okay. from Ender's Endgame. They did a, uh, a movie based off the books. And decent actor. I mean, like, the kid's been around for a while. I be- No, no, that was the guy who, um... Somebody else. I, he might have been Charlie from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Really? <coughs> Is that where you're going to go from it? Uh, apparently, he's most known for Hugo from the movie Hugo. Okay. Ender's Game was the second one. The Boy in Striped Pajamas. Okay. And The Space Between Us. Okay, so the one I'm thinking of then was actually going to be the kid who um, ended up became Norman Bates on um, the AMC show. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah, he was Charlie. I know he did like, the, the Willy Wonka movie. I can't find his credit for that, but I'll take your word for it. You're yeah. pretty good at that stuff. But yeah, we are back, and we're here to talk about sex ed. Uh, this was actually the final season for the show. Dude, where was that forewarning? Um, I caught it when I went to go start watching it. It said final season on Netflix. Oh, okay. Yeah, they had it in the description for the show. But um, yeah, we're on the final season, and I was kind of upset. I was like, I wanted a little bit more time with these characters. Dude, I, I concur because of how well they did this season so they were in high school basically uh last season yes and now this season they're in college and i mean for any tv show to be focused around teenagers college is when everything gets more interesting and that is definitely what we saw this season well not only that but the college they went to was very different from what we know in america i was kind of curious this is actually the norm dude for like european colleges for they british college fucking slide yeah that seems so funny. It made me think of the um, the Google headquarters uh, in the show that had uh, Owen Wilson and um, the dude for Swingers. God damn it. Uh, Vince Vaughn. That's the guy. Yeah, they did the internship at Google. They actually have like, a slide there. They have a, It was very much like that. That's probably where they got their inspiration from. I would imagine so. But like, yeah, the whole college they went to was very more inclusive. It was very more bright. It was very like... Pretty much what everyone makes jokes about here in the United States for, like, colleges, like, the safe space and all that stuff, they are very much doing that there. That's... Okay, I can see it. Yeah. But that college was also very more, like, inclusive, and everyone there was very more open about their sexuality and, like, kind of, like, who they are. Well, also, they were exploring it. So, like, they... But when we ever see... we see Maeve at the American College, everything seemed a little bit more uptight, though. Very much so. So much so where, like, everything in... The college they go to was very pastel, very colorful. Maeve's college, over at where she was, they didn't really say what college she was at in the States, but it was very just dark tones. It was just not very, like, lively. Yeah. 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 It was very, it seemed boring. Yeah. And it was about writing. There's nothing wrong with that. I knew you were going to say that. You were going to defend it. Um, but, I mean, in a writer, like, for me, right? So yeah. I was watching both the, co- it was stark contrast. Maeve over here stuck with writing. Otis over here with like seeing what freaking a good college life of like exploring, learning, and accepting each other. And it was really cool because in Otis's college, you would come out and do something super fucked up. Nobody would bash you for it. 
they would accept you for it and be like, dude, that sucks. Don't worry, though. You'll get them next time. Don't worry. Somebody's done that before. Don't worry. Nobody cares about your flaccid penis. You know what I mean? And I was just like, holy shit. They weren't making fun of them for it. They were saying, you have our condolences. Yeah. Flip contrast, go to Maeve, who's writing chapters of books and getting bashed for it, being told, you don't have potential. No, you suck at this. No, I'm picking this other girl because she's better than you. To your face. And I'm just like, like, what he said? He told her... she has more promise, but everyone was saying, like, her family donated a ton of money to the wing, so that way she was guaranteed the internship. The professor had to give a reason, like, I see more potential in her, but even her writing, when she turned it into the publishing of people, she said, oh, yeah, they like George Wade, but they didn't even like mine. To the point where she, she was like, I'm just going to go find another fucking, uh, another subject to, like, go major in. Yeah. I'm going to find a new field to, of, like, for study. So, I mean... Writing is always a shit show for a career, no lie. I mean, if you think about it, like, in terms of just, like, Hollywood productions, you have all these shows, but in terms of writing, like, how many writers do you know for movies and TV shows? There are very few names, and usually they, if they show run, they have, like, several people under them, but these guys don't make a ton of money, like, it, if you write, you write because you enjoy it and it's like what you want to do. To the point that like famous writers who make mil- like can make millions, they write but they have to produce constantly. Your Stephen Kings, your Dean Coons, your Dan Browns, your Tom Clancy, like they have to constantly push out material. Mm-hmm. So writing is really like a very it's a very hard field to get into and to make a living at. Yeah, I was gonna say you gotta have a, a primary source of income while you're trying to get this new source of income to overshadow your your your, your nine to five job to yeah. support your passion. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, like, it's if you're writing, you're doing it because you enjoy it, and if you're lucky to make a living out of it, kudos to you. I love to write. I constantly like make up like random stories, and I tell you guys this all the time. Like, I give you like a little like random spinoff stuff like that. And it's just to the point where, like, if I could, I would love to make a living out of it, but I don't think I have... One, I don't think I have the skill enough to do it. And two, I also don't feel like my kind of, like, voice and the way I write would be very good mainstream-wise. So I wouldn't make money doing it. So I would see you staying stuck in Sundance. At best... At best? At best. I mean, I'm making a Sundance. I might be doing those little smaller film festivals like around L.A. <laughs> L.A. film festivals. I don't Seattle think L.A. Festival. is your voice. I think um, I could see you in another state. Maybe Florida. Florida people are weird. They might like your shit, bro. They might love my shit. Yeah. They'd be like, wow, this guy acts like he's lived here all his life with the stuff that's coming out of his mouth. So I'm going to get a movie ticket and some bath salts. <laughs> <laughs> go see the new Gojo Crespin movie. Oh, man. There it is. There it is. Yeah. That's where you're going to succeed. Florida, where old people go to die. God's waiting room. Aw. Touche. Touche. But, but yeah, so, I mean, there's the, the the a very stark difference between the two colleges and with even the people in them. Like, when you see Maeve... And the group of, that she's with, they're very more uptight, more proper. Mm-hmm. And we see Otis, it's a lot more, like, flamboyant and big and very loud. Very much 
everybody is loud about who they are. Exactly, but at the same time, they're still suppressing a lot of stuff, and that's like a common goal throughout the entire show, from season one to season two, is suppressing and hiding things and, and lying and not fully confessing who you are. Yep. So, I mean, the show is... The show is very, very complicated, and it does address a lot of social issues that come up nowadays when it comes to sexuality. And I think that's why it did so well to go see a season four. Because, yeah. I mean, how many times have we talked about series from Netflix that you only get one season? You only get lucky if you get two. But the regular, like, if for a well sh- a well-done show from Netflix, they usually only get three. They usually tap out at three, and like, they call it a day at that point. It's very rare for anything to go past three on Netflix. It's very rare for anything to go past one season, let alone three. But they got to season four, and they got to end it on the note they wanted to end it on. Which, honestly, I was not a fan of. I was going to say, they got to end it on a note they wanted to, which is not the note we wanted it to end on. And I'm very upset about this. Yeah, I kept waiting for um, Otis to either be like, Mom, I'm going to America. Yep. I thought he was going to do it, and he never did. I was kind of like really upset by that. I'm like, I want to see him make that jump. And like, he like, how much do you want this girl? Dude, I mean, it's not, and then it really just became a matter of, it's not how much he wants her, it's how much she wants to not be with him. Yeah. I don't know how to explain it. She, she said it was like, yo, you're going to be a part of me always, and I'll always carry you apart with me. I was like, son of a bitch. Is she really going to do him like that? Yeah. And I honestly, I'll wait for one of the two things to happen. Either she's going to cave and call him, yeah. or he was going to just get on a flight and go to see her. And neither one happened. I think it, and you know, I think that's where they left it a little open in that aspect. So people can kind of go with what they want. Yeah, like she's going to go, oh, you know what they gave it? They gave it the La La Land ending. So they both went the, What? I saw I watched it. Fucker, I told you. Ugh. Yeah. La La Ending. Okay. They both come to terms that they can't be together. They're both going to go their separate ways, and maybe in the future, they'll come back to each other. Okay. But the way the show puts it, they are not. This is where it ends. She's on another plane. He's on another plane. They are not ending together. Okay. I'll, I'll watch it eventually. I will. I promise. Bro, I hate you so much right now. But yeah, the, the show itself... I mean, they have so many characters that they're dealing with, and I was not expecting them to actually, like, fully resolve everyone's conflicts. True. I was surprised that they touched space on everybody, for the most part. And that's what I really liked about this show, is, um, yeah, it started with Otis, right? It started yeah. with Otis, Eric, and Maeve. Those are the three, the three amigos. They started the clinic together. Eric is his... I don't want to say his eyes... But he opens his eyes. That's what he does. Otis, it's like a guide. Not even his guide. It's just like Otis has blinders on to the rest of the world because he's so involved in his own little world, right? He's so too when, center focused. Yes. So whenever Eric comes through, he's like, Otis, look at this. Look at what you're doing. He's like opening his eyes and taking off his blinders. Yeah. Which is what I think balances them out, right? It's kind of like you and me, Joe. Oh my God. Oh my God. We're Otis and Eric. You're Eric. Fuck! I didn't want that to happen, but it happened. Okay, so point is, 
you, you know, Otis, very, um, you could almost say introverted in a way because he's just worried about him himself. Yeah. And he's worried about his success being that therapist, right? The sex therapist. Well, that's his identity for himself. So he just, that's the only thing he can be. He doesn't know how to be anything else. Correct. And then Eric comes around, and that fool's still, like, exploring and finding himself. But he's still finding time, like, Otis, look at what you're doing. Otis, you got competition now. This is Jiminy Cricket. Sure. I don't like that analogy, still Because it's not... It's not so much conscious. He's not telling him the right thing to do. He's just telling him to look around you. Like, get your head out your ass. Yeah. And look what's going around. Like, he... Because in in the series, and you caught it in the season... They were starting to drift apart yeah. because of how bad Otis was so focused on himself that he wasn't worried about his best friend since high school to be like, oh, my God, Eric is doesn't want to go to church anymore. Eric is going to this. It looked like a rave. It looked like they went to a rave at one point. But it was a party at the school. Yeah. But there was drugs and there was people. And I was like, what the hell is going on here? And then he got, like, uninvited to the club. Oh, it was a club. He got uninvited to the club because that's how Otis was taking it. Well, they called it a club, but it was also at the school still. It was like a school-hosted event thing. I know. It was so weird. I lost, They lost me in that whole definition of it. Yeah. But point was, Otis should have been there for his friend. He should have been there for his best friend. He wasn't because he was so involved in his own shit where Eric does his t- – he, he does his due diligence to help Otis out even though he has his own shit going on. And that's where I think they do balance each other out. But in the end, I think Eric's the better friend. He definitely is. So it was cool to see that dynamic kind of shift and change and go through its ups and downs. And even their new friends were telling him, like, yo, I don't think he gets you, gets you. And I was like, oh, shit, he doesn't, doesn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, it was cool. Hey, dude, it was super weird just to even see Otis uh, start working with his ex, uh, Ruby. Yeah. That was super weird. But the thing is, like, she kept bringing up, like, hey, like... I'm with Maeve. He had made a point to tell her that. We set boundaries. That was totally a boundary play. Yeah. But she she kept kind of like, she, she was hoping for something. You Yeah, the way she got so butthurt about the whole, um, the campaign, then him ghosting her for three days because Maeve came back, which, to be fair, her to mom fair, died. That was also very kind of like... Left field. Left, not only left field, but also very much so like in terms of, like, just storytelling, it was very too coincidental to bring her back. That was the only way to bring her back to London. Or yeah, that was, like, just, that was just way a little, a way, a little too easy. I'm like, I, when I saw that, heard that, I'm like, I wanted to be, like, she made the excuse of the mom dying to come back. I wanted it to be a lie that she was going to have to keep up or something like that, because, like, it was way too much of, like, a cop-out to get her back to the London. <laughs> I was wondering what word you were going to use for that shit. Um, yeah, no, I, but... Also, that has been the mom's storyline. The mom's storyline has been druggy. Like, yeah, in and out of it. Like, she would try yeah. to clean, can't keep clean. But, yeah. and, it's just, and then you take away Maeve, who was basically trying to keep her from going off the deep end as a druggie. The son was doing his own thing. And so for Maeve to get the call while she's across the fucking ocean, hey, your mom kind of overdosed again. Shit. I'm she's not in the there. hospital. And when yeah. she gets there, literally... They were waiting for hours only to find out, oh yeah, 20 minutes ago she died. Yeah, and I was like, fuck, imagine to and, know you were like there. To find out the brother is using oh my god. afterwards. Dude, that was like, oh, that pissed me off so bad. I was like, bro, how are you going to go play with the poison that took your mom out? Like, what the fuck? I mean, it sucks, but like, addiction does tend to run in families. Like, it, that's the way it works. Uh, yeah, no, it's definitely something, uh, 
something a lot of people have been looking into like is addiction is it external or is it internal is it hereditary is it not it's circumstantial there's a whole like bunch of theories and stuff that's gone on where it goes back and forth goes yeah. back and forth um but it was cool to see that story told in this season like and it works so well yeah it kind of is a it i don't want to say it's a sh- oh my god okay it hit me now i know why i find this show so appealing do you ever watch that show called Shameless? Yes. That's what it reminds me of. Really? Because you have so many different characters going through all their own shit, but it's a part of a whole. Like, okay. it's the whole story you're seeing from so many different points of view. Otis with his physical, with his sex therapist going against a rival who's kind of did take from his idea. Because I was coming back and forth about, was Otis in the right about saying, I'm the original? When he plays it, he's like, dude, I was doing this shit since high school. You're doing it here in college. And I was like, mm, he kind of has the high ground on that. And The therapy thing, yes. The YouTube videos, though, she was doing those before he was even doing the therapy thing. Right, but that's so. why. He was doing the therapy thing. He wasn't doing videos. He was yeah. going straight to consumer to be like, let me help you out, bro. Let me tell you why your boning isn't boning. You know what I mean? Yeah. So she was doing videos, caught Otis's idea. I was like, wait, I could do that. Floop, quick pivot, there you go. And she already had a following, so it was easy for her to pivot yeah. over, right? Um, the question is, like, did she know about him doing it beforehand, or did she just come to it her own? Because, I mean, she doesn't have any connection to him. She wasn't at the high school with him. She didn't come with a, that group of kids from his school, so... I think they got famous. They did something, and they got... They were in the news at one point. Yeah, yeah, and that's probably what happened. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that was the only thing I could think of because I was like, why does he keep saying he stole her? she stole his idea? I was like, the only way he, she would know that is if it was public knowledge. It was public knowledge in season two going into three where he did get caught up and it was well known. Like, oh, this guy's doing sex therapist at high school. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then they threw I always his thought it was more of him just kind of being a bit of like a asshole. Just like, well, there can't be two of us. I'm the, I, this is my thing. I agree, and that's why I was trying to figure out, like, what's his angle? Where was yeah. it? He's How was he the original? You know what I mean? Yeah. So I get it, and that's where, at the beginning, it kind of threw me off. I was like, why are they trying to make him to be this guy or to be that guy? Yeah. And uh, in the end, it did work out. In the end, what? They both freaking lost. Uh, to some dude who had nothing to do with therapy whatsoever. Of course, and it was just because Ruby helped him out, and she knew the angles to play because... She knew how to play politics in yeah. high school and in college, and it worked for her. And that was crazy to see how she was the popular one in high school. Go to college, she was the least popular person. And she ended up having to find a different way to reinvent herself, which was politics, in a way. To where she outdid the two therapists who did it to a dude who did not do it, who even said, Oh, yeah, she's helping me rebrand because right now my channel's all about gaming. And, but now it's going to be therapists. And I was like, what the hell? Like that. Li- but see, that is so relatable. Like, that can happen today, yeah. nowadays. It's been happening. And that's one thing I kind of liked about the show. Is like, they are with the times, I guess you could say. They, it literally is. I mean, this is one of the shows where I'm like, you can show this to parents nowadays. Just like, hey, like this is like what you're going to have to deal with when it comes to your child growing up. In terms of like the, they have, they're gonna have to deal with their sexuality, all these different gender types, all these different belief systems, and all these different, you know, just sexual identities. Like it's a lot for a parent. Like I'm like, dude, watch this. I'm like, I'll scared for you. 
Aw, thanks, Joe. I'm already scared shitless. Yeah. But, I mean, like, it was a really good... I feel like it was a really good way for a lot of parents who are open-minded to see this and to have an idea of what they're going to have to face and deal with. Because, I mean, we also have parents who are dealing with different situations, too. We, we deal with the parents. We deal with the parents that's going through divorce. We deal with a single mom. We deal with um, a gay couple trying to tell their son that who his father is. Dude, that was such, like... They did that one really well. Yeah. Because I literally thought we were, he was going to find his dad. I 100% thought, oh, he's going to find a sperm donor. Easy to track. Let him go through it. I want to see who his dad is. And is it really his fault that he has a lump on his belt? Yeah. Like, that's fucked up. I would totally deck my dude in the face. <laughs> deck my dad. It's your fault, dude. You know, punch him. Um, you gave me a third physical. You gave it to me. <laughs> um but dude, for it, for him to have that letter and the photo and all that, oh, this is not going where I expected it to go, and I was like, that's oh yeah. But you know, it, it, that and that's where this show also didn't do fan service. It did its own thing. It, it not everybody got a happy ending. No, it literally made sure to like point out all the different things that like how they kind of all were gonna happen. Uh, the one girl who had the overpossessive boyfriend. Oh shit, that was bad. I was like, this is gonna go dark at one point. I was yeah. waiting for it. Yup. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like they showed how you know she reacted properly. She did the what she had to do, and like that was the best way to go about it. Like they took out. It wasn't happy endings across the board, but it was the better outcome out of what could be the worser outcome for everything. True. So not everyone had a happy ending, but it wasn't a bad ending for them either. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. It was a, it was unending, not what the fans wanted, but it's what the writers wanted. They yeah. wanted everybody to have their own ending, in a way where, it could happen in real life. I guess you could say. Yeah. It, it, they have real life endings. I think that, and that's also why I like the show. Um, but dude, it was so funny. Like towards the end, end when everybody's getting their, again their real life endings. Yeah. And um, fucking Otis's mom. Uh, when she was when she the season started with her talking to a guy and they were hitting it off and everything and then she's like oh yeah he goes me and gave some lame excuse that he got in a motorcycle accident and I was like huh that's one way to kill off a character real quick like all right but then in the end he comes back he's like hey what's up I'm here with some broken bones and I was like he came back <laughs> I honestly thought they were gonna just like let him like kind of go off. Yeah, legit. Thought that was gonna happen too. But yeah, it was it was interesting. The one thing I'm really excited for is uh, <laughs> we actually got to see. Um, yeah. I can't pronounce this guy's name, but he's gonna become the new doctor. The new doctor. Oh, Mister Kuti Katwa. Sorry, Katawa. he played Eric. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, bro, bro. Like you're you're a great actor. I wish I could pronounce your name. I'm gonna have to watch some YouTube videos or something where they say your name in interviews because you're killing the game. I called it back in season one that this guy's a scene stealer. Like if he made the show, honestly, he he kept he gave it life. He yeah. really gave it life. And I know whoever these writers are, um, I'm gonna call them out right now. The creator Lori Nunn. Um, she knew what she was doing by giving that I almost want to say he's a sidekick but he's a sidekick that has the star power to be his own entity and yeah. he really was in this last season he went off and he joined the popular kids in the school he helped Otis and gave him the inside scoop about the two couple about the couple fighting that helped Otis establish himself 
And I was like, holy crap, if you, if that guy was not your best friend stepping into college, you would have been lost just like Ruby was. Yeah. And Ruby lost her friends in the mix of college too. And that's where I was like, holy crap, you know, that can happen. It literally is what happens nowadays. You have your high school friends. You guys all go into college. You either A, split up and all go to different colleges, or B, you go to the same college, but you all fall into a new clique because you're finding more about yourself that there wasn't a clique available for you in high school, but now you're finding the clique that you feel most comfortable with in college, and that's what happened to Eric. Otis tried to be his own island. Um, I think so he's his own island. I think he just refused to acknowledge anything outside of what his own bullshit was. Like, this season, he was really just not even, like, a good protagonist. He was just kind of, like... Narcissistic. Exactly. Like, he was... Like, he had a lot of growth this season, but it was because he started off in such a bad way. Oh, he really did. Like, and that's one thing. um, I know the writers did it on purpose because, again, he was set up so well in high school, but come to college, he got knocked the fuck down a peg. Like, multiple pegs. Multiple pegs. That fool got knocked, and he was, like... He got rocked. His friends helped him, saved him. Even his ex, which was super weird. Again, she volunteered to be a campaign manager for him. I mean, it was in a way to get revenge, but at the same time, like she did do a lot to help him. Which she she didn't have to. No. She could have let that fool burn, and he would have died. And that was it. She would have ended. And rightly, she could have done it, too. Yeah. And then, uh, but that O character, uh, Sarah? Yeah. She was a good challenge for Otis. I liked it. It was a female uh, sex therapist. The backstory they gave her and Ruby was interesting, that they both went to camp at one point. Um, And the mom pissed me off, too, because of that newborn she had, the new job she was doing. She was giving Otis a cold shoulder, and Otis was offering her so much support, and I was like, that's fucked up. To the point where Otis was like, I'm calling somebody. Tia, get over here. (laughs) And then she's just a moocher. It's just... Yeah. It's just so much dysfunction out where I'm like this is way too much to happen in one shot like he tried to help her by bringing someone in and it made things worse yeah and it was it looked like it was a good plan at one point yeah. but then you know who the hell knew she had that much debt I wish they would have showed those the number I was curious how much it was <laughs> seriously I was waiting for the numbers too she never gave a number no I felt like they left it open so that way like the show can go on and like cause like you know that nowadays can be something different in 10 years yep very true Man, I mean, the show was so well done. I, it's just, there's so much that happens, it's hard to get into every little nitty-gritty detail. I mean, I'm willing to just rate it now and, like, tell people to go back and watch it. If you're down or you want to keep going into it. Wait, say it again? There's so much, like, small stories to get into for the show. It's hard to touch base on it without, like, dedicating, like, another hour to this thing. You know, you're not wrong. Everybody was having something going on. Yeah, I mean, out of the whole thing, like, the cast is, like, somewhere, like, 30 strong, and, like, everyone had a moment. It was really crazy. Yeah, I mean, it really was. And that's even getting rid of, like, people from the high school and coming into with a new crew, and, yeah, it was just a lot. It really was. Yeah, no, um, I'm down. Yeah, um, do you want to go first? I'll go first. Yeah, go for it. Uh, I'm going to give it an eight and a half. Not bad. It's a good series. I cannot recommend this to a lot of people, though. Hell no. Like, I know a lot of people will not find the talk about sexuality very comfortable, and a lot of people are not going to like the idea of all the gender, just genders in general. There's a lot of people I know, sadly, just refuse to acknowledge it. They're, it's just a lot for people in my circle, sadly. It's like, 
they would refuse to listen to what they're trying to say. But I mean, this is what the world's going to. This is like what's becoming the norm. But I mean, the show was well done. The cast did an amazing job. I just kind of wish the endings were different. I'm more happy or more sadder. I want more, more, more fulfilling. Closer. More extremes on both ends. Like okay. we got, like I said, we didn't get happy endings all across the board, but we had some that, but we had the best outcomes for the bad ones. Okay. I would like to see a little bit more. Like some, some of them could be a little bit more drastic. And that's where I think we could have gone with this. And also, like, no, a lot of the happy endings weren't super happy. They try, they middle lined a lot of the endings. Yep. So I feel like even some of the happy endings could have been a little bit more. But yeah, I'm mean, like eight and a half. I think is a solid show. I would recommend this to a lot of people I, that I know would be accepting about the whole sexuality idea. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go right behind you, and I'll give it a eight. I give it an eight. Um, will I recommend this to my friends? Yeah, my friend group's pretty fucking diverse. Um. A fucking lot of them will like watch it. Some of them will find themselves in it. Some of them won't. Some of them will be eyes opened. And um, end of the day, there's something in it for everybody nowadays. Uh, it's so fucking diverse, though. Like it's hard to keep track. And even at times, I didn't know who was class, who was claiming what pronoun. To be honest, like it, it threw me very, all over the place yeah it got very very confusing yeah so I was like alright you're that person's name you're that person's name you're with that person and you're that person and I was like I was all over the place with it I was just trying to keep up so then I was like you know what I'm just gonna keep up with the couples keep up with the people that are single the people who are trying to get some and people have cancer or weird stuff going on and, like, and I cannot tell you half the cast name I can tell you like what they're going through, but like I couldn't tell you a lot of the names of the newer cast members. Yeah, no, it was hard. It was hard. They, but I give them credit because they retained the old cast. They brought them along this journey. They incorporated new blood, which really shook things up in a good way. And to your point, the endings were very. We're gonna leave this where it is. It almost felt like the writers could have had another season in them, but to play it safe, they ended it where they ended it. Which was not a cop-out. It was just a, all right, we know we could have gone more with these characters. We know Maeve could have probably came back to Otis after she was a well-established writer. We know Otis could have gone to Maeve after he established himself as the sex therapist that could travel abroad. There is so many loose ends that they try to close down that I feel that could still be pulled. Yeah, I feel like we're going to see a sex education movie in like five years that will show us where they're at. That could totally happen. I could totally see that happening. I kind of wish they would have Animal House did at the end, and as they're doing the credit scene where they show like the photos of the people with the names, they would do a brief description of what they did later on in the future, like where they went to, what they became. That would have been really dope. Yeah. I like that idea. So, you know, um, as it stands, this was the final season, so we are not going to get another season of Sex Education. Um, I give it an 8. I recommend my friends to watch this. I recommend people that... Um, just want to know more about what's going on nowadays. Check it out. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, this has been our Broken Point of View. If you have any suggestions, feel free to leave a comment, email. We have, of course, the Instagram. Go ahead and like, follow there. We will try to get a little more you know, active on there. We're starting to do polls on there right now. 
we're going to try to keep that going along with some other fun stuff for you. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Have a good one. Have a good night. This has been a broken production.